He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Or you know what? You can go to the expensive salons when you have an ex-husband paying for everything. There you go, right? (laughs) Which brings us to the theme of today's episode. (laughs) The big D, but not that D that we usually talk about. (laughs) Yeah. I realize we've been chatting. We could just keep chatting with you all day, but uh, people are like, what are we talking about here on this episode? So let me tell you, if you don't recognize that voice, joining us on the podcast once again is our friend, the fabulous Katrina Turnbull. In case you don't know... Hi, Katrina Turnbull is a lifestyle TV host and producer. She's a proud single mom living in Ottawa with her two little boys. And she recently found huge success on social media when she started sharing funny and relatable videos about divorce and life as a single mom. And I know you think like divorce, how is that funny and relatable, especially on TikTok? Um, But you're killing it. I don't even want to shout out your numbers because we're so jealous. We just joined. Follow us, Messy Podcast. Um, but great job on TikTok, and I'm so excited for you that this has spawned a whole TV series uh, because you. you are no stranger to divorce, and this is your fifth TV series called The Modern Girl's Guide to Divorce, set to air this month on Bell Media's 5 TV1 network. Katrina is here to prove that divorce isn't the end of the world, it's just the end of your marriage. Isn't that the truth? You know what? I was so excited that you were doing this show. Um, not because I've ever been divorced and my parents, they're never divorced. They never got married. Um, but I've always been so interested in divorce and the divorce process. When I was young, I really wanted to be divorced lawyer, believe it or not. Um, oh, so wow. when you did this show, because I think a lot of people that end up being in that situation don't really know what's ahead of them. It's like something you don't expect and something you don't prepare for because, you know, it's like signing a prenup, you know, you don't want to jinx it before it even happens. So you don't prepare yourself. You don't know what to expect. You got all these emotions going and then bam, it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. I, I think these days you got to be a lot more prepared than you think you, you should be. 50, over 50% of marriages end of divorce in Canada now. Um, when we were doing research for the TV show Modern Girl's Guide to Divorce, we found that divorce rates had spiked over 30% um, during the lockdown period. So because in the past year I started um, just sharing these funny videos um, on TikTok and on Instagram what it's like to get divorced, the different challenges you face, things that happen to you with friends and families and exes and being a single mom. Um, I really kind of amassed a big following of um, people getting divorced, people are separated, parents who are struggling with their partners. And then I noticed that during COVID, I was being um, contacted. I had hundreds of messages in the first few months of lockdown from people being like, I think my marriage is over. How do you know it's over? what do I do? Like, is, is it going to be okay? Like, I'm just a single mom of three kids now, like, who's going to want to date me? And it kind of got me thinking about, okay, you know, I went through a very, very long drawn out divorce. If it were up to me, it would have been over within a year. It took me three full years. It cost me $150,000. It took a huge toll on me financially and emotionally. And I held out, but it, there was things that I wish I had known when I started in the divorce process. So that was the basis for the content for the series. You know, and I I mentioned that my parents have never been divorced, but they did separate and they had been married for like 40 years at that point or together for 40 years. So they had to go through all the actual processes that you would have to go through. And I was, I was blown away by 
how ruthless and how like it's such an emotional process. There's so much emotions involved. You're splitting up your life that you have created together, but the process itself is void of all emotion. The the process can really like you know we we're talking about life's not really a fairy tale and how you need to prepare yourself because bam you can get divorced. So here's the thing you know sometimes if you do everything that you're told you know you go to university you get your degree you meet the boy you get engaged you get married buy the house have the kids have the second kid and then you can still end up divorced and like me and in a situation. So it's really important to educate yourself because there's a lot of things that maybe in the relationship one partner was handling like the finances where the money is invested. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but single women who get divorced are one of the highest risk at poverty population demographics in Canada. So there's a lot of things that we wanted to teach people along the way. But the important thing was that to like just shake the stigma of divorce. Like I love comedy. I'm a comedy queen, and I really wanted to like have fun with it. And when I started with the the TikToks and the Instagrams, I started making the content of things that people used to like shame me for. Like there's a lot of like hidden messages in my in my uh, my Instagram content and TikTok videos of people who would like my neighbors who when they found I was getting divorced they would shun me. They would like look the other way and cross the street. So I made a funny TikTok video about that. I had a private investigator who was hired to spy on me and follow me. I put that in the TikTok as well. And so the show is really just to tell you, first of all, here's a guide step-by-step, step, everything you guys need to do to get divorced, but it's funny. It's going to be okay. It's really the worst thing that's happening to you, but you will come out of this situation stronger. I will personally make you laugh by watching the show. I will take your mind off things and there's glitter and it's pink and it's like neon and entertaining. So it's Sold. like, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> not a failure for getting divorced. I want everyone to remember that you are not a failure for getting divorced. Do not feel like a failure. Do not listen to anybody who calls you a failure for getting divorced. It is a lot more strength to walk away from kind of like a certain thing, like a, a, like a marriage than to stay in an unhealthy marriage because you're too afraid of the unknown. But it's like, what if all you had to do was walk through a door and on the other side of that door was your second chance at life to do whatever you wanted to do, to have the best life you could possibly have. And all you have to do is walk through. Wow. You know, breakups are hard enough, uh, regardless of whether you're married or not, but then you add kids into it and a whole other layer comes on top of it. So my parents did divorce way later than they should have. And in talking to my mom now as an adult, she's honest that she stayed in that terrible marriage because of the kids. And she felt it was important for us to have a dad, even if he was a bad one, you know? So that is a thing that I've heard time and time again from women that, well, I got to stay for the kids. I got to stay for the kids. How did you reconcile that when you were making the decision to leave with your two little boys? Two very rambunctious boys, yeah. I may add. Yeah, they're <laughs> rambunctious now. So at the time, my kids were one and two years old when I made the decision to leave Ooh. my marriage. And that's not an easy thing to think about going out on your own um, as a single mom with two little babies to take care of. I, I had specifically heard like, um, why do you think your happiness is more important than, than splitting up the family? And, you know, at the end of the day, if you are not happy and you're miserable, you are not going to be your best parent or your best self for your children or for anyone. But more importantly, I'm an individual first. Yes, I'm a mother. Yes, I'm a TV producer. But I'm an I'm Katrina first. I'm an individual. And I, like everybody else, has the right to wake up every morning feeling calm, feeling energized for my day, motivated, and to surround myself with the people who have my best interests at heart. 
Right. Well, and you know, I think a lot of when people do make the decision to walk away, I think a lot of people tell themselves that, you know, like that's it. But like you said, walking through the door, it's, it, it just, it, it's not as easy said as done, you know? It's, it's tricky. You're scared of the unknown. That's, I was, I was terrified. I was terrified of the unknown. And that's why, like, I had a really good friend who, when I was like contemplating getting divorced, because I didn't think I, I thought I would get me married forever. I, it really came as a shock to me. And I had a friend who said to me, you know, you're like, it's going to get way worse before it gets any better, but you're going to come out of this a lot stronger and a lot more resilient. And I really took that message to heart. And that's what I want to share to other people is that, you know, you don't have to be defined by your marriage. A lot of us are getting married when you're in your mid twenties, late twenties, maybe even early thirties. I literally think having gone through this before, you should really wait until over 35 before getting married and having kids. I really do. Because you, you make me feel really good about myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. <laughs> but you're right. There's this whole stigma around being over the age of 30 and being single. Like, why? What's wrong with you? Oh, do you not want to find someone? Were you hurt? Oh, I hate that now because we, we can talk here, the three of us, because we're all exceptionally good looking. And one thing that I can't stand is when people say, you're so handsome. How are you single? Bitch, if I knew, I would tell you, but I don't know. So I find that an offensive question. Right. Well, if it makes you feel any better. Um, so I've had some dating after divorce. I've had some crazy stories that have happened. Um, I'm done with the online dating. Um, so... I think that the more accomplished you become in life and the happier and more secure you are around you and you build stability around you in your personal relationships, the smaller your dating pool gets. Because like Jesse, if you're a basic bitch, you can date anybody, you know what I mean? But if you have standards and self-respect and you have people around you who show you love and compassion and how you should be treated, it's going to be a lot more difficult when you have these like undateables on the Ottawa dating websites that are just like, just bottom of the barrel guys. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, but I don't have standards or self-respect. So I still don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know. Um, but you do talk about dating after divorce. And I think that's something that is very hard for a lot of people, especially if you've been married for a long time in that relationship for a long time. One, you don't even know what dating looks like. And when you see it online or hear about it, it's terrifying the stories people have. So what are some like really great tips and advice you have for those that are ready to start dating? So speaking from personal experience, um, I leapt onto the dating apps far too quickly. I gave myself six months after my separation before I went on there and that still wasn't enough time. And I find from my own personal experience to talk to other people, a lot of people are going on the dating apps to validate themselves because they might've had a little bit of a toxic marriage, especially towards the end where, you know, partners say nasty things about each other and, you know, hurt your self-confidence and self-worth. So you go dating to try to prove that I'm a good catch, someone I'm desirable, someone wants to be with me, I'm amazing. But honestly, you should really wait one full year after, you know, getting separated or getting fully divorced, depends how fast it happens for you, um, before you start dating again, because it's going to give you the time to really work on, work through your divorce issues, which it's not fun date like conversation when you're dealing with, you know, custody issues and lawyers and everything like that. Like anybody got time for that. 
And uh, it's, you know, I think you need to work on yourself, find out what you like, what your interests are, because you're going from this kind of identity as a couple into just like, who are you? Like, who is Jesse? Who is Jenna? Who is Katrina? And um, I, we had a dating matchmaker from Toronto. Her name's Shannon Tebb. She's Shani in the City on Instagram. She was our uh, guest expert for the Dating After Divorce episode. She had tons of amazing pieces of advice. And she even goes on to say, you know, when you're dating with kids, really take your time. Like, wait a minimum of six months to a year after dating someone before you even think about introducing the children to a new partner. You might have seen my latest TikTok, which got over 130,000 views, which was, um, you know, the cringe feeling when you think back to planning your future with the first person you dated after divorce it's that's not the person for you guys like that's my number one tip <laughs> you, like it's everyone goes through this you, you date the first person after divorce and then you start planning your future you know this is it i'm off the market and it always crashes and burns like a nascar you know bloody car crash so i think doing that but also moving away from the dating apps um I've been talking with Shannon and uh, what I, we'd really like to bring to Ottawa is uh, more of the, the matchmaker style because with Shannon working in Toronto, she vets all of her clients. So like people lie so much on dating apps about who they are, what their job is, what their name is, like all these things. She vets everyone to make sure they are who they say they are. She finds out the interests for the, of them and what they're looking for. And so it takes out that like talking phase, which usually turns into ghosting these days. Yeah. And also she has paying clients who are financially committed to finding a long-term relationship. So it's, they're more invested in really finding love. And I'm, I'm really excited about it for Toronto and for Ottawa. Um, sorry, before you, but just while we're on the topic of dating, flipping the script, do you have any advice for those who are dating current divorcees or? Well, that's, can I, can like we finish some, on the, cause I, we, I have something to say about what she just wrapped up on. Like if you're the one that's dating again, before we get into advice for dating divorcees, I love the one year rule because I actually read a thing that said, you have to wait half the time of your relationship before you can start dating again. So I don't know, how long was your marriage? Altogether 11 years. So that would mean, what? What's half of 11? Quick. Five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and that's crazy, right? Or in my case, I was with a guy for 14 years. We weren't married, but might as well have been. So that would mean seven years for me. But what I'm trying to get at is the one-year rule makes a lot of sense. Because when I tried to date someone too soon, I was not only comparing him to my ex, but also when he would do any little thing that would remind me of my ex, that was like, red flag, you're out, delete. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't compare people to each other. And that's uh, at risk of happening if you do it too soon. Yeah. And I, I think, too, Jesse, from being in that same situation, it it – it's, and it's also, that's like an internal situation, you know, like you're, it's, it's being almost unfair to somebody by jumping into dating too quickly because you're not healed from that relationship before. It took me four full years um, from the date that I separated from my uh, ex-spouse to now to, to feel really good, to feel like I got it back, I'm in a good place, like four years Took, took a long time. So kind of answering Jenna's question about tips for dating divorcees, I, I, I think you need to be like a little bit sensitive. Like don't like the date the online dating thing is tough because it's a little bit like shark territory, sharknado situation, but it's <laughs> like, you know, you can't go date a single father or a single mother with kids who's actively going through a divorce and then 
criticize them for some of the, those gritty details that come along with it. Like, you know what you signed up for. So, mm. you know, if you are dating a divorcee, someone who's separated and not fully divorced, and it's within the first two years, I got to tell you, my personal thought is like, uh -oh. <laughs> enjoy it, have fun, but you know, he's not the one, honey. Like, it's just like, get your groove back. It's a rebound for a reason, you know, be respectful of people's feelings and everything, but focus on you. Like, do not spend any time with somebody because you feel obligated to, because you were dating them. Go out and do everything that you want to do to make yourself happy. And if they want to come along for the ride and they're going to enhance your experience, have them along. If they are like, I'm so blessed. I have the best friends, the best family. I have the greatest time with the people around me. So one of my troubles when I was dating was that like, if people weren't at the same level as how much fun I have with my friends and family, like, why am I giving you airtime when I have, you know, five <laughs> friends, <laughs> right? But five friends have been dying to have a Zoom date with me or go for a walk. And I'm, you know, Joe Schmo from Bumble. I'm giving him the time of day. Like, no, you know what I mean? So, like, you really have to pay attention to how people make you feel. Follow your gut instinct when it comes to dating. You're probably not wrong. Like, and people don't change. Like, they just don't. You know what I mean? You got to accept people for who they are. And either you can tolerate it and it makes you happy or you don't. Don't try to change them. Just move on. I want to say something about the gut feeling and I'm I've proven this to myself over the past year because there was one guy I tried to date in the summer and on paper he was great right Jenna knows everything was great on paper rich career but I just couldn't get into it there was something in my gut saying it's not a match it's not a match and I tried to convince myself but I just couldn't do it so after that I fully believe my gut now and like you know if the gut says no you just got you don't question it my gut has like saved my life numerous times, pretty sure. <laughs> Don't eat that bad pretty chicken. Pretty <laughs> sure. Um, so basically what you're saying is you have to learn to be unapologetic. Huh. And I find that's very hard, I think, for one, especially if you've been in a relationship for so long, because, you know, there's always like tossing blame at each other. But you have to learn to be unapologetic. And that's like what you said at the very beginning was being that unselfish or that time to be a little bit selfish. Yeah, so the, the best lesson that I learned throughout my divorce was that I, and what, what the piece that healed me, that really, as soon as I got this through my, through my head, this is what started the healing process for me for my divorce and the long-term end of a relationship was that I needed to start showing myself the love that I was accustomed to giving other people. And as a mother and, you know, as a former wife, I was very used to putting, you know, my needs on the back burner, taking care of everyone around me, being responsible for other people's happiness at my own expense, at the expense of like exercising, healthy eating, doing things I enjoyed, my alone time, sleep, friend time like that. And it's just, you, you don't have to do that. Like that's not, that's not a healthy relationship. And so as soon as I started to show myself the love that I would put into other people, I just, everything got way better for me. I have more energy. I have more energy to take care of my family. I take care of myself now. And I feel like when you're at your best and you're feeling great, that's when you're going to attract the perfect partner. So you didn't feel the guilt that you assumed you would feel by taking some time for you. 
it, it took time to not feel guilty about it. I had it really ingrained in my head that like, I didn't deserve this. I didn't deserve to work out in the morning. I didn't deserve to make a smoothie. I had to, I was addicted to rushing around with the kids and making sure everything was taken care of them and not taking care of myself. But it, as soon as I realized that like, no, love me, Katrina, the way I love others, everything fell into place. And I feel like a lot more at peace with everything. Right. Well, that's good. Looking back on the divorce now that it's over and it's been three years of hell and very expensive, is there anything that you wish you had discussed with your ex before shit hit the fan or would it have even like, helped? In a sense, like a pre, like we were talking about this before that we were going to ask you, like a prenup, not a prenup where everything, but. But like, you know, for instance. Contingency plan. It was always understood I was keeping Lopez, our dog, you know, that, that kind of thing. Was there any of those discussions that you wish oh, we should have had this when things were happy. Right, and maybe you suggest, like, couples having them now. Um, so I don't know if there was anything, uh, any positive talks I could have had in the past, but I do have on my show that one of the things that ends up costing couples the most when dealing with divorce lawyers is the financial disclosure component of the divorce process. So that is when the two lawyer parties or you, yourself and your ex-spouse and mediators will get together and you go through all of your financial records, usually from the last three years, and you basically figure out who technically owns what, what are all your assets, Sometimes if there's someone in the relationship who wants to stall the process and drag it out and maybe if they have more money than you and they want to make it more expensive on you, they can really drag out the financial disclosure part by just refusing to provide documents and then you have to send more lawyer letters. It can cost you $500 a day to do that. You might have to have a couple court motions. So what we actually had in the show, we had a divorce attorney from Toronto. Her name is Chantal Alexandra on Instagram. Um, what we discussed is to become your own forensics accountant. So what I suggest to absolutely anybody who's getting divorced, and especially if you think it's going to be a contentious divorce situation, it's going to be a battle for you. Before you even announce your intent to separate from your spouse, go and make copies of the last three years of your income tax returns, their income tax returns, credit card statements, bank statements, um, anything like pay stubs, especially if they are a cash worker or uh, self-employed. So you have everything that you need to provide to your lawyer prior to announcing the intent to separate. Because what often happens is when that happens, people take their documents, they leave, and you don't really, you, you might have an idea of what, joint assets that you have but until they legally provide that you are in a holding pattern and that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars so make copies of all your financial records before you tell your spouse you want to leave so what is the hope then of the party that's trying to drag it out that the woman or man will just say enough is enough i can't afford it give him whatever he wants Absolutely. To break them financially, emotionally, wear them down so they can get their demands uh, met. And um, yeah, like it's really unfortunate that um, it, if you are in a relationship where one person has a lot more money or someone's family has a lot more money and they're bankrolling the divorce for the ex-spouse, they can really prolong this, you know, divorce uh, process for a very, very long time. And it can be very, very financially costly. However, you know, 
I, I don't try to dwell too much on how much money I actually lost in my divorce because if, if I thought about it too long, like it, it, would, it would eat me up inside. So I just tell myself, I'm a boss. I'm going to make a lot more money, you know, and there's a price to my freedom. Like at a certain point, and I can say this now because the divorce is over, I was begging for it to be over. I was willing to walk away with absolutely nothing just to have the process over. I held on barely at the last second and you know things worked out okay for me i wouldn't say that it was completely fair but it's better than walking away with nothing but that's how close i was to just saying i can't take it anymore it was hell what do you sorry what do you say to those people that are at that point where they're like i can't do another court hearing i can't do another lawyer i can't take another lawyer bill what do you tell them what do you what advice do you have for them get a sugar daddy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> okay, yeah, because dripping in Gucci. You know, I was in that. I was in the exact same position, Jessa, Jesse, and Jenna, and I really, really. I remember having conversations where it was like a few months before it wrapped up. I was like, I can't do this anymore, guys. Talk to my friends and family, and they're like, Just, it's gonna get better. One day, it's gonna get better. And I just literally held on hope, and that was it. And um, I think it also helps to realize that there's also a lot of people out there in the world who are bombarded with a worse situation than what you're in and they're dealing with it better and that was told to me as a piece of advice I thought that was very very helpful and um, I don't regret anything that happened to me with my divorce because I it was the best lesson I never knew I needed to learn I have become so much stronger so much more resilient so much more savvy and you know even with my, my finances with my understanding of the legal system Um, with the job market, with television, and having this opportunity to, from taking everything I learned in this horrible experience, and turn it into this, like, fun, hilarious, uplifting, divorce guide TV show with practical advice, like, it, it was all for a reason, and I feel like I'm a better version of myself today, having gone through it. Wow. Do you mind sharing, um, because we may have people listening, thinking, well, this is Katrina Turnbull, she's got five TV shows on the air, she's a big deal. People might be thinking you were the wealthy one in the divorce, uh, which side were you on? I was, <laughs> spoiler alert, I was not the wealthy one in the divorce. Um, it was really interesting because I had my most professional success going going through the divorce. And, you know, as you guys have uh, worked in the industry, entertainment industry as well, the media industry as well, I couldn't, like, really crumble and I couldn't really talk about what was going on and I wasn't in a place where I had actually like dealt with it or had time to reflect but it was like the more successful my career got um, the more the bottom fell out of my marriage like, the more the marriage fell apart um, but I'm happy that like I just I kept working like I, I had a lot of different people in my life um, when I was going through the divorce process who shunned me told me I was a loser I was a failure I was a proven unsuccess like who did I think I was trying to be on TV? I was too old, too fat, too many kids to be on TV. And too I, many kids? Have you ever heard of the Osmonds? Or Kate, what's her name? <laughs> Kate, what's Johnny her name? Johnny K plus yeah. eight? <laughs> oh, no, TLC is filled with shows with lots of kids on it. <laughs> so I had a lot of, I had a lot of haters, especially at the beginning, who just were like, you know, ba- you're getting divorced. Like, your life is over. Just, you're washed up. Like, just 
reel it in girl. And I used to sit at my computer in the middle of the night and I used to have tears streaming down my face and I'd be working on my TV shows or working on my contracts and just, you know, bettering my business. And I'm like, I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them that I'm not a failure, that I'm a success. And like, it's just, it's really, I think, completing the modern girls guide to divorce TV show that's airing next month has, it's really that last piece of the puzzle is that they told me that I was a loser and I, I was worthless for because I was getting divorced and look at them now they're sitting back in their couches at home and they're watching me. They're watching me on my divorce show. And like, I, not that it's about revenge, but <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a little bit. There's nothing that tastes sweeter than proving your doubters wrong. Absolutely. And I wouldn't consider that revenge. I just think that there's nothing wrong than proving someone wrong. Let your haters be your motivators. Hells yeah. Exactly, exactly. But there was a reason I asked you which side you were on because do you suspect that your ex wanted to halt the divorce or maybe stay in the relationship longer than you should have because he knew it was going to cost him even more than 150000 which is what it cost you? Um... I was really prepared to be absolutely fair. And I think it could have ended up costing both parties way less than it actually did. I don't think that was the motivation. Um, you know, it's hard to say. And uh, I'm also court ordered not to say too much about uh, the father of my children. And, yeah, but you, you know, know, I got to try. I would, never, Wendy Williams. I would never speak ill of him in public. But I will say that, um, you know, if, if you're in a situation where your husband leaves you or your wife leaves you, they don't want to be with you anymore and they don't deserve to be punished. And, you know, they don't deserve for you to be vengeful and try to hurt them financially, emotionally, you know, mentally kind of thing. And you, you really, for it to be healthy, if, if someone says to you, I don't want to be in a marriage with you anymore, the best thing you can do is say, okay, and walk away and then leave it at that. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you said that yours dragged out for a lot longer than it needed to be, AKA it cost a lot more money is, but that's what happens when those emotions and that resentment gets involved or it's like, no, I want to stick it to them. You're not sticking to them because you actually want to stick it to them. You're doing it as a vengeful. And then at the end, all parties, including probably the kids too, suffer a little bit. You know, absolutely. You know, mom, moms and dads need to be at their best mentally in order to be the best parent they can be for their kids. And also, Jenna, it could be a little bit about control. You know, like if you're in a situation where somebody leaves you and they don't want to be with you anymore, like the more you kind of try to extract yourself from a relationship, the more someone's kind of clawing to get you back. And, you know, a lot, even with my children, sometimes, you know, when they want my attention, they start, you know, banging things, throwing things on the floor for negative attention. No matter so what, Jesse. Very much so. Guilty. They just want attention, right? And um, yeah, like you just, you need to just like cut your ties and cut your losses and you don't own anybody. And you know, like you can't make anybody suffer. And, and that's the thing that was really important for me to learn was that um, no matter how many, in my opinion, like vicious things were happening to me that weren't fair, I was still in control of how they made me feel. And the one thing I'm so proud of going through my entire divorce process for three years is that every single day when I was having like four hour interrogations with lawyers, I was in and out of court, I had more lawyer meetings than you could count in a calendar year, I was still able to go home 
take off my makeup, look at myself in the mirror every day and know that I had done everything to have integrity and grace and carry myself with class. And that was important for me at the end of the day, even if technically I, I lost in the divorce. If you, if you want to look at it that way. Right. Um, so your show, we want to talk about it. So the first season comes out. When does it launch? When does the first episode come out? It'll be out in a couple of weeks on Bell 5 TV one. And so it's an on demand, uh, their on demand channel with, Bell. I have it. Yay. <laughs> and so it's like all episodes are going to be airing. So we have six episodes that are all going to be airing. So we have an episode with a divorce lawyer, how to save time and money on divorce. We have an episode with a real estate expert. So how to get the Ooh. most money out of your marital home, which is especially timely now with housing prices going crazy. And then how can you afford something as a newly single buyer? Our third episode is with uh, a LinkedIn. Spoiler, you can't. <laughs> seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, we have an episode on how to land your dream job after divorce. So, you know, oftentimes it's the mother in the relationship who's staying home with the kids. She's been out of the job uh, workforce for a number of years. And then her husband starts banging his 27-year-old secretary and boom, she's like getting divorced and needs to get a job. So how to kind of cover that gap in your resume. Well, that's a good um, one. We, we have a wealth management um, episode on mm. how to rebuild Mainly important. And you guys need to follow Katrina on social because she just gave away um, a wealth management <laughs> prize. Did you not? I did, yeah, with uh, an estate planning prize. Estate plan, very lot, important. Yeah, we have a lot more things coming up with that, like with, you know, kind of different kind of companies that I'm working with to help people who are single in the divorce process. And then we got the dating after ki dating with kids after divorce episode. And the sixth episode, the final one, is how to heal from the trauma of your divorce and what signs, um, maybe if you're in a marriage that's not so great right now, there's signs that you should recognize uh, that are signs of a toxic marriage. So out of all the episodes, which one was your favorite to shoot? Because you wrote the script yes, for every single episode. So this is yeah. your true labor of love. Yeah, this is your tequila. I say that because agave takes like years and years to, to it's a real like labor of love. Of course, I have to it's, relate it to alcohol. Right. But out of, out of all of them, which one was your favorite one that you wish when you were first going through your divorce that you wish there was a show and that one episode that you watched? You know what? It's going to be a toss up between um, my dating after divorce episode with uh, Shannon Tab and healing from the trauma of divorce episode with uh, Saeed and Neri out of New York City. The dating after divorce one was just really good. There's just like, you know, like no nothing's a mistake in my life. I don't think like you go through everything for a reason, but there's a lot of eye opening things that like. If I would have known in year one about not to, to avoid these dating pitfalls and stuff, I would have saved myself a lot of drama that I've now learned in year four after divorce. And then talking with uh, the divorce coach, she just like, she picks up things about like the dynamic between a narcissistic ex and an empathetic, uh, an, an empath ex in the relationship, how to kind of navigate co-parenting issues, um, you know, signs of like uh, trauma bonding, love bombing, you know, things like that like a gaslighting, which is a new term oh. I learned this year that I'm like, that's I, a huge one. I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yeah. 
So Me yeah, too. those are the two favorite. But every episode, like there was something that I had learned in my divorce journey that I thought was important to share. And like, it's a funny, entertaining show. I don't care if you're divorced, gay, straight, married forever, whatever, you're going to enjoy watching it. But I think also if you are getting divorced, it's going to give you a lot of practical information that's going to save you time and money. What a smart year to launch this show with well, the divorce rates through the roof. <laughs> not only that, but I can just see, and like we know you on a personal level too, but I can see like her passion for wanting to help people and help guide them because, you know, from what we've discussed with you, even on the very first episode we did with you, you talked a lot about how traumatizing it was, your divorce. So like, it's so great to see you so passionate and you, you're, you light up when you talk about helping people and guiding them through this. And I, I love it, especially yeah. as a female, you know? I appreciate that. Yeah. Like I think when I, when I did your uh, podcast the first time, I was not fully divorced yet. I was really close, but I was still in it. And uh, one thing I should mention too, just so it doesn't seem like I've done this out of nowhere. Um, I did about six months of intense therapy too, after doing my divorce. And so I, I started going twice a week. It went down to once a week, then every two weeks. And after six months, I finally just like got to a place where like I felt better. And I feel like that's really important if you can afford it. And if you can't afford it, I literally suggest going around your house right now, decluttering and selling your stuff on Facebook Marketplace so you can afford a $150 like uh, session with a therapist. It's really, really important. Amazing. Also, here's the thing too, is if you have a bunch of jewelry you don't like, but it's still real gold and shit, take it, melt it down and build yourself a new run. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you can't do any of that, email us for free therapy. <laughs> Jessica and Jenna's Messy Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, Katrina, this is such a great talk. One thing I love that you said, though, I at the very it. beginning, and Jenna highlighted again, is that if you are getting a divorce or a breakup at all, you are not a failure. And I think as us 80s kids, we're raised with this happily ever after in our minds. and so The you, suburban nuclear family. And just because you get a divorce doesn't mean it was yeah. a failure. I don't look at my 14-year relationship as a failure. It may have ended in a blaze of glory or hell. But, you know, you were together for that time for a reason. You got two beautiful boys out of it. So you can't look at that as a failure or a waste of your time. And I think that's something that I hear too often. Why did I waste 20 years with that guy? You didn't waste it. Absolutely. And like, it's, it's all building blocks for, you know, discovering things about yourself and experiences that are going to make you better. But, you know, like I said, if you're if you're in a situation, you're in a marriage where you have a partner who is demeaning you, they're not fulfilling your needs. It is toxic. You're not happy. You do not want to have kinky time with your partner. There is something wrong. You need to take a serious look at that. And, you know, you may not have chosen the right husband or wife when you were 27 years old. There's no shame in that. There's too much pressure in society to get yeah. married at this, like, before 30 age. Could you imagine if some of the decisions you made when you were 27 years old are still affecting you now? Yeah, good point. I we can't. change. We've been, we're so different. We're so different. Yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, it's part of life, but it, I feel like learning how to get divorced is like, you know, learning how to incorporate your business, learning how to do your taxes. Like it, it's something that's very prevalent in society right now. And I just wanted to give people a bit of a roadmap on how to get through it and make them laugh along the way and, and celebrate them being like, congratulations for getting divorced. It's not easy. And personally, I have a lot more respect for my friends who have said to me, my relationship of 10 years isn't working, it's time to end it, then my friends who are still married to their husbands or their wives, who they know they're miserable and they know they all have side pieces and it's not a healthy situation. Right. No. 
Wow, some great advice, and I'm glad you highlighted where and when it's coming out. Yes. Modern Girl's Guide to Divorce, not to be confused with Capital Style Files, which we were just yeah. watching. And also follow <laughs> Katrina Turnbull on TikTok. TikTok, you've got some oh. really great, like, quick pieces of advice, and that's one thing that TikTok is really great at, is just giving these, like, 60 seconds, here's, like, three things you can do to make yourself feel better in the morning. Here's three things you can do, and you're really, really amazing at creating that type of content. Thank you. Yeah, no, the TikToks have been pretty, uh, pretty insane. I really enjoy them. I've had some good uh, opportunities with social media uh, or no reality TV shows. Oh, for- that's what I heard. I was going to bring that up. I didn't know if that was like gag order. Are we going to see you on Big Brother? What's this about oh reality God. TV? So real, real quick, I've been asked to do three reality TV shows um, that were all surrounding like hot young divorcees and dating and divorce. They're all American and they all have slightly different angles. Um, I said no to all of them. What's the wrong most- with you? Well, it's, it's COVID times right now. I'm waiting for the right opportunity if I am going to do it. Um, one of the networks was just, I've seen the shows that they have. Like, you know, it's Trash Bag City. Like, that's not, not on the brand <laughs> for me. You know, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but like, one of the funniest pitches that I got to apply to a show, which was a reality dating divorce show, was like, okay, we will pay you $10,000 American for six or eight weeks of work. We're going to fly you to this like private secluded island. There'll be COVID testing before everyone's going to be COVID tested. And the catch is, is that um, Katrina, you have to bring your ex-husband with you to the show. Oh, I've seen that show. We'll have therapists on hand to try to help you reconcile your marriage. And you'll have to go through all the problems you had in your marriage and reconcile. And then there'll be a survivor aspect. You'll be doing these physical challenges with your ex-husband. And you're like for $10,000? How about you pay me the $150,000 it costs us to get divorced? I know, right? That might sound like a whole thing. And then they're like, but if it doesn't work out, then you can date one of the other single divorcees and the husband who doesn't work out with their wife. And I was just like, uh, unfortunately, my, my situation is a little bit more acrimonious than that. And it's going to be <laughs> fast for me. Could you imagine? Katrina Turnbull, you give them my number right now. Right. I will do that show in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass their, your contact info to them for sure. <laughs> oh, Katrina, we can't wait to see the show. We're so happy that you did this. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's always such a great time talking to you guys. And uh, congratulations on your uh, award, too, for being Thank the best you. podcast. Yeah. Uh, but should we cheers to the big D? The big D. The big but D. But yes, I just want to thank Katrina for thanking us because you're our first interview since winning the interview award. Oh, that's it's kismet. It, it, that's a good foot forward, guys. Yeah. All right, exactly. Cheers, cheers to, to the, the big, big D. D. Cheers. Yay. Cheers, guys.